everyone, and welcome to Another Bite, where we rewatch the most innovative and intriguing pitches from Shark Tank. I'm Jory, and I'm joined by Ariel. Hey. Pitch don't kill my vibe. Chill out. You're too tense. You really got to take time to laugh more and worry less. I know, I know. No more camping puns. It's hard to bear. As these puns may suggest, today's product takes us to the great outdoors. Will our founder leave a happy camper or will the sharks tell her to take a hike? You'll find out after we pay some bills. Today in the tank, we have Heather's Choice. Now, this product is brought to us by... Heather from Alaska. No way. Could you imagine if the founder's name wasn't named Heather? Anyway, Heather is asking for $250,000 for 10% in her business, which is a $2.5 million valuation. Now, Heather's choice is a system of ready-to-eat food pouches. So the problem is that options for tasty food while camping are super limited and can be really heavy. So this solution is a lightweight, packable gourmet meal that's in a foil-lined container. So don't microwave Do these not. at home. Do <laughs> not. But they come with like quality ingredients so you can get like the grass-fed bison chili or mm. the morning glory oatmeal. You know, it's those meals and snacks for camping that are just designed to delight. Mm. They're sold direct to consumer through REI, Shopify, and Amazon. But thinking about our pitch product and founder. Ariel, what are your thoughts on Heather's Choice? Design to Delight is such a nice way to put it. Mm -hmm. I think the names of the different recipes sound so good. Like I kind of really want to try this. Mm -hmm. I'm not in the market for this, nor am I the target audience. I don't go outdoors enough for this. But (laughs) it sounds like the product is reinventing the way that you think about camping. Mm -hmm. Because if you go camping now, I imagine you're packing up on like Jerky, hot dogs, bars, yeah, hot dogs, like tortilla chips, you know, (laughs) like not really much hearty foods though, right? Unless if you're bringing camping equipment at that point. But if you're going on a multi day tour where you're camping various places, this sounds like such a better alternative than what the pre packaged options are. Mm -hmm. I love the packaging and the design. I'm not the biggest fan of the brand name. Mm, Tell me more. Yeah, it's just a little ambiguous. Don't you think, Jory? Of like, I understand that the founder's name is Heather and she's tying it into herself and her Her experiences a bit. But like, if you're going to the store and you're saying, hey, pick me up some Heather's Choice, Mm -hmm. I don't really think anyone would know what aisle it is. Like, it doesn't really tie into what the actual product is. So I think that's like my biggest hesitancy initially in the pitch. Yeah. And at risk of sounding really flippant, Mm. I was just like looking at what we were going to be covering today. Mm -hmm. I was like, who is Heather? What is she choosing? Right. And it's like a book title. Right. Exactly. And it sounds like it would end sadly. Yes. Heather's Choice. The problem I have with that as a brand name is brand names to me are meant to convey a message Mm -hmm. of some sort. They don't need to completely encapsulate your brand identity and story, but they need, I think, to start laying that initial groundwork. They need to be descriptive in some way, right? right? And both words, while chosen and definitely contextually make sense once you understand the full story, they're too vague if you don't know what Heather is selling. And I think that that would turn off a lot of potential buyers who might see it in the store and just like kind of be grazing past it in the aisles. Mm-hmm. What did you think of it initially, Jory, and like ready to eat meals and kind of like use case? Okay, so I did a bit of digging just because my opinion of ready to eat meals is I think kind of like the market standard, right? Yeah. Like I I worry about it being healthy. I worry about it being accessible in terms of like how easy is it really? Mm-hmm. 
I understand the camping use case. I do think that that's such a super niche market because you're going on a multi-day camping trip to need something that lightweight. Mm -hmm. So I was initially concerned to like the total addressable market that this specific product has, especially because sharks are all about scale. Yeah. So I was a little concerned there. Mm. I was ambivalent. I think that the story is good. The origins of this being something that the founder really cares about. You know, she had like this 30-day backpacking trip and she dehydrates food. The fact that the sharks said it was really good, mm -hmm. I think was like the social proof I needed. Yeah, it's like, same. this is such a hard product to sell because you can't taste it unless you're like doing little tasting sessions in grocery stores. Right. So that was kind of an initial concern. But ultimately, at least at the pitch level, I was like, okay, continue. Heather, what are we choosing? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. You kind of nailed on the head too of like the market. When you think of ready package, I think of like the MRE, like the military yes. standard, very bland mm -hmm. packs of food. So like, how do you go and introduce a new product in this market where folks associate alternatives in this space as like not so good food? Not so healthy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Dehydrated food maintains a lot of its nutritional value if dehydrated Ooh. correctly. So I think that was actually a bonus point to this founder. Yeah. That is a fun fact that I learned today yeah, on another bite <laughs> is that <laughs> the nutritional value is maintained. But that's mm -hmm. a great way of educating your audience, changing market perception overall about your product category while still driving folks sure. to your website and to learn more. Because she is very direct to consumer or through this retail partnership that she has. There's not really any B2B. Mm -hmm. Like she seems very like consumer focused with this angle. But you mentioned too the co-packing and the co-manufacturing. And it's interesting. So for folks that aren't like familiar with logistics, co-packing is essentially you find this manufacturing partner that really leans in on like packaging and labeling of your goods. The co-manufacturing piece, which is kind of like the main point that Heather was going back and forth with on the sharks, is that's when you lean in more towards a manufacturer partner to help like recipe development and production. Mm -hmm. And it's great to kind of outsource to other companies for a few reasons. You get greater cost savings. A lot of these manufacturers will have relationships with material suppliers. So like for her recipe, there's ease of scale. But one of the very valid concerns, you know, sometimes with these co-manufacturing relationships, especially in like consumer packaged goods, you know, oftentimes when you're scaling, you have to make some tough decisions when it comes to like quality, quality of the food mm -hmm. in order to reach scale. And I think we kind of see that come into play. Heather's very passionate about, hey, I want my product to speak for itself. It's almost like a product-led growth motion she's trying to adopt in CPG in some ways, mm -hmm. but that is a very challenging kind of battle to go into. And one that the sharks were just not letting go. Yeah. Another concern that they brought up that was totally valid is she has a niche market. Mm -hmm. I wonder how much of that is like artificially constrained, right? Because mm -hmm. she's really focused on this camping use case yeah. and the sharks kind of start reacting and they're like, look, you have a product. It tastes good. The margins are amazing. She mentions that she has like 75% margin. Oh yeah, that's right. Her dinners are selling from $12.50 to $15.95. So it's not a crazy expensive product. It's currently making millions of dollars. Not quite profitable, right? Because of those costs of manufacturing, but there's clearly people purchasing this product, but she's only really interested in selling to campers. And the mm. sharks were like, there are so many other use cases for this. I think one of the guest sharks even mentions like, I could see giving this to my child. So it's yeah. like an easy to use meal after school or like for a snack. Mm -hmm. I was curious on your thoughts of limiting yourself to a single persona. I think what we see is the opposite in most of our products. Mm -hmm. What were your thoughts on her only wanting to focus on 
a single use case. I was going to say that we usually see the opposite mm-hmm. <laughs> with a lot of pitches and the sharks are like, pick a yeah. lane, stick in it, cut back on your skews, focus on your top performers. I think sometimes with some founders, you have your initial concept and your idea of who you think your product is best suited for. And Mm -hmm. obviously, you want your customer to guide your decision-making capabilities in terms of like, okay, do I try a new product flavoring? Do I introduce new SKUs? Do I try to market it a certain way? So there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I think she kind of sold herself short Mm -hmm. a little bit in this instance because there are a lot of opportunities. And I think the Sharks were alluding to that as well. The fact that she was so focused on this single vision, I think, is a common thing that founders will come across at times, which is why a shark could be a really great partner. So I think there's a few ways you could go about finding who those other audiences is. So like obviously opening up customer feedback. Mm -hmm. Okay, you purchased this. Are you a regular subscriber? So are you getting these often over time? So are you that avid camping person? Are you, you know, a mom or a dad who's looking for a very quick, easy solution? So I think always going back to like your customer data and understanding what the use case is for what they're purchasing, I'm sure she'll find that it's not all campers at this point. She probably would be surprised. Definitely. But she has to be willing to adapt. So I came up with a list of high profit use Mm -hmm. cases that I think Heather should lean into. Okay, ready for All my right, list? listen in, Heather. You have choices. Okay, the first one, doomsday preppers. <gasps> Absolutely huge market for people that are just yes. stocking up and will continue to stock up. Yes. Okay, truck drivers, right? Mm-hmm. Doing B2B strategic relationships with loves, with flying J's. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, a huge issue for truck drivers. The problem with these truck drivers is there's just not healthy alternatives. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you look at what's actually in truck stops, it's a lot of fried chicken. It's a lot of Subway. Mm. I think that this product would do amazing with government contracts. So you mentioned MREs. Mm -hmm. My husband's in the military. He Mm -hmm. immediately was just like, hey, is that like something that could heat up on its own? (laughs) So I think disaster preparedness and relief, getting a government contract about that. I also thought making a contract with airlines because it's easy to prep and very highly transportable. I'm just saying you could partner with like road trip influencers, like the people, because if you take really long road trips, again, what's accessible to you in terms of food options not always the healthiest. Mm -hmm. And like how many days in a row are you really wanting to eat Chick-fil-A if you're on like a 50-hour road trip? So I just think that if she was willing to like think outside the box just a little bit beyond the camping aspect, I feel like she would really see that there's a lot of use cases. Mm -hmm. It's okay to have multiple personas. Three to eight, I think, is the best practice. Mm Yeah, no, I think those are all really great examples. And like, even when you look at the store too for ready microwavable foods, it's always like Chef Boyardee yeah. or mac and cheese. So like yeah. getting a little home cooked goodness. Get that bison chili. Yeah. And I think leaning into those different use cases is particularly important because we've got some financial issues here. She yeah. reveals that she didn't make payroll the day before. Mm-hmm. And that's where like the pitch really starts to break mm-hmm. down. And I think that she has clearly overcome a lot of financial obstacles when it comes to keeping this company afloat. And just to still have that definitely impacted the founder. It was that's really emotional to yeah. see. Yeah. She mentions that she had a million dollars in debt. Yeah. So unfortunately, I feel like this was an instance where we saw that the founder almost was a sales rep against herself. Like you're literally trying to convince us not to invest in you. And it was really hard to see, right? Because it's like, she has a really good story. I think they all really liked her product. Her unwillingness to really think outside the box in terms of use cases, I think was an overall detriment to what she was trying to pitch to the sharks. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, even though I was really rooting for her... 
Kevin, Candace, Mark, Damon, Lori, all out. So unfortunately, this was a case where definitely we're rooting for the founder, but there was no Shark Tank deal made. Yeah. Womp womp. I do hope that she can find a ton of success if she's continuing to double down on the recipe, or maybe she takes a jury tip and looks at government contracts. Yeah, just like a test run. Find one (laughs) government contract, see how it goes. And then, you know, maybe that is an area that you lean into more in your strategy. I know she's just doing like B to C. This could be the B to B breadwinner. (laughs) Bison winner. Yeah, bison winner. Or you do direct to consumer to campers. Love that she's in REI. That's where that persona lives and breathes huge partnership there. Mm -hmm. But then like maybe on the back end, you're like working with government. We're working for disaster relief. Like we love to see it. Yeah. Production for today's episode was brought to you by Ari Desarma. Editing comes from Robert Hartwig and support from Alfred Schultz. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or wherever you subscribe to the greatest podcasts ever. That does it for me. See you next week in the tank for another bite.